Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Benjamin. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Clap it out, Yeah, 13 years young. What do you have to say? What do you want to tell the people? What do you want to do today? It's your day. It is your day. I think he wants some steak for dinner. Oh, you think I'm kidding. I'm going to go make it happen. She wants to happen. go to Longhorn and get him a sirloin. Like, that is next level. It's a little crazy, but he is 13. Why? I'm going to the grocery store today. Why don't I pick him up? Like, I'll pick up, like, a small steak that I can make because I can make okay. it for him. I'll okay. get a really tiny piece It'll Just be like four bucks, one. and this way, we'll, yeah, let's do that. I, I'm absolutely down for that. I just feel he has been such a great pal, friend, confidant, listen to all my crazy stories throughout the years, never judged me. He I has want to get back. been a constant in our lives <laughs> for, for, well, for yours, 13 years, for me, 10 years. Yeah. Well, you met him in 2010. Yeah. I got him in 2008. I think. So, no. Yeah, so I remember meeting him when we were just friends and he was around. So we want to talk a little bit about the journey of yes. Benji. Uh, we also, I found a really great article today from Refinery29 that I want to go over about the great resignation. I think this is a huge topic that's happening. I think there's a shift happening in our world and I just kind of want to get all of your opinions on it, see where you uh, stand, what you feel personally, if you'd like to share. Uh, we're going to kind of share some ideas. Alyssa doesn't really know much about the article, and I think it's great yeah. when one of us don't really know, so it keeps it authentic. The and podcast topics are in his hands today. They're so in my hands, so you're going to go on for a ride here. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to kick it off with the sponsor, and then we'll hop into the show, Woo! and we will talk about some fun stuff today. So today's sponsor is Lugs. Let's head back to the golden age of the 90s, where Woo! we grew up. That was when the fun and stylish Lugs brand first found its footing as a leader within the footwear and fashion space. Fast forward to today and Lugs is crushing it, mm -hmm. offering a full range of stylish footwear for the entire family. With the holidays coming up, it's near October, we got a couple more months to the holidays. Let's start our pre-holiday shopping early and you can do so by heading to Lugs.com, that is L-U-G-Z dot com to find the most versatile and stylish boots and canvas looks the amazing news is that we have 30 percent off discount code for you you can use this code on any full priced item so any full priced item you can receive 30 percent off your order by using the code freddy alyssa 30 all one word freddy alyssa 30 at checkout and you'll receive 30 percent off your order on full priced items so again if you want to get on to that holiday shopping a little early, you can head to Lugs, L-U-G-Z and use Alyssa 30 at checkout for 30% off. Thank you, Lugs, and happy early shopping to all of you. Yeah. Now, let me, since I'm on my roll, hop get, into get the intro, going, and then I want to I wanna hop into our son's life and then the great resignation. All right. You got, you got happy birthday, you got some wonderful memories, and then you also have this great resignation that's happening. I wonder if people know what I'm talking about. I don't I bet even you they're know on what... the edge of their seat like we are. <laughs> I don't even know what you're going to be talking about, so this should be interesting, but we hit it off, baby. Welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa show. If you're new to the channel and you want to like, subscribe, 
You were doing so good, babe. Welcome, everyone, to the Freddie and Alyssa Show. If you're new to the channel, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, all that fun YouTube yep. stuff. If you're watching on Facebook and you want to like the page, that would be awesome. If you're listening on a platform like iTunes, hello out there. If you want to leave us a five-star review because you think we deserve it, that would be awesome. We've been putting up content now for almost four years mm -hmm. in November. It's going to be our four-year anniversary, and we couldn't be doing what we love without your support. So thank you for tuning in every single Wednesday. We really appreciate that. Now, let's start with Benjamin. Before we get into Benjamin, I have one request today. So I'm wearing this lip gloss that can get on my teeth from time to time. Do you guys ever have that issue happen where you wear a gloss and it gets on your teeth? So if you notice it, Freddie Smith, I yeah. need you to tell me. I told you before we started. I know you did. So I don't want to be smiling and laughing and having just the best podcast ever. And for those beautiful viewers watching, they're like, this crazy gal's got pink all on her teeth. So I just want to make sure you'll tell me. And you can feel confident knowing that we're far enough away that people aren't going to notice a little pink. Really? Yeah. I'd be you like sure? if you had some broccoli in your teeth. No one would notice. You don't think so? No. Okay. Well, that's my only request. So don't don't be afraid to stop in the middle of the the assignment. What did you call your thing? The Great Resignation. The Great Resignation. The assignment? That's like a TikTok like thing. I understood the assignment. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. uh, okay, man. anywho, when you're in the middle of the resignation, if you see the great the, resignation, the great resignation, make sure you let me know if there is pink lip gloss. Duly noted. Thank you. You can Thank imagine you. what happens before the podcast if this is the kind of direction I get during it while it's public. <laughs> Just many pacings back and forth. What do you think about this article? Can we talk about this? And I have to like win her attention. And it's a whole thing. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get more behind the scenes of Alyssa before the lip gloss. Well, he, he gets a little frustrated with me sometimes when we're brainstorming or he's brainstorming. And my whole thing is when I'm getting dressed or I'm trying to you know, maybe put some eyelashes on, a little eyeshadow, I need my full concentration. You even made a TikTok making fun of me one time because I was putting lashes on and you're like, babe. And I'm like, not right now. Yeah, she does need her full concentration. I'm just always thinking of like, you know, where you want to take it so that it's really digestible and people can yes. enjoy it. But also there's certain topics that, you know, we have our the way that we, like our goal of entertainment and education and inspiration has to be wrapped into yep. it. So I go through articles and I also pick things out that we want to talk about, but we also want people to be left with a good feeling. Yep. So there's a lot of negative news. Like I even made a joke. It's not yeah. joking. It's not a joke because there's a lot of serious stuff going on. But if you look at the news or what's trending, it's kind of hard to share a lot what's going on in the world, but then leave our audience feeling good and inspired. There's, you know, I think the news, you have constant, you know, negative and fear and there's yeah. all of that. So we, we always try to make our... Uh, podcast leaving the audience feeling better than when they started watching it because I think there's a lot of political stuff there's a lot of other experts who know certain topics way yeah. better than we could and there's also topics we shouldn't touch on and so we just kind of have to figure out what we do but this one's pretty interesting but what, we will get into but that. what do you think so with yeah with Benji I, I do remember having to, to potty train him you did a poor job you get an f <laughs> he was not potty trained until we started dating and you moved in i have so what, to what was that, that about okay so i got benjamin when i was quite young and i'll never forget i got him it was probably about 7 or 8 p.m and i got into my car i had him in my arms and he was sitting in my lap and i just had this moment of holy cow, I've got this actual responsibility, you know? Like, yeah. I, and I was so young. 
But I was like, it's fine. I love him. I'm so excited. And during that time in my life, I was working a full-time job. I was very young, obviously friends and social circle, you know, all that kind of was happening. So during those core years, I didn't really understand exactly how to train a dog so well. However, this gentleman entered my life and he was like, mm -mm -mm, we're not going to do this. And so he was an incredible father and he helped potty train him. And now Benji is so good. Yeah. He's come a long way. So thank you to Fred Smith Jr. We've got a potty trade Benjamin. That's kind of the only responsibility of having a dog really is train him or her not to bark, not to attack people and to go outside. Everything else is pretty easy. But those are like the, you know, potty training is the first thing. So he's really good. I mean, he's made a few mistakes in the house. He had a but bladder, he had a bladder infection. infection. And I think sometimes when he's mad, he likes to do it to like show that he's mad at us. Oh, yeah. But we know he knows it's ago. wrong because he'll never do it in front of us unless he's sick. Yep. So when we like are gone, I'm like, you, you know, unless we forgot to let him out. Maybe it's our fault. He's the perfect boy. He's the perfect boy. But he has traveled with us on airplanes. He's gone everywhere. He's also lived in 15 different addresses. And don't you agree that this is his favorite? 100%. So where we live now, there are so many little nooks and crannies for him to like hide his bones and he loves rubbing his face on the carpet that we have here yeah it's his favorite thing because we didn't really have carpet in any of the places no right no i i just i never thought i would say i love carpet Same. because it just seems like you spill something it gets dusty you got a vacuum like i love just a hardwood floor you can walk in with your shoes and not feel guilty right. But this is, makes it homey. So I really like having at least bedrooms with some carpet on your feet. It's so it's cozy. Benji likes it. But yeah, we're just so blessed and grateful to have him. We've been, you know, making sure we take care of his his needs. So he's on his thyroid medication. We've been giving him CBD oil for his epilepsy for the past three years. So we're really paying attention to him, taking the time so you can have a really good life. And just grateful that he's 13. People never guess he's that old. And so we're really hoping that he can, you know, be with us another three to five Come years. Come on, so. Benjamin. Well, he's, okay, so he's been on his CBD for about three years now. And it's interesting because as he was getting older, it probably started around six years old, maybe once a year, he would wake up in the middle of the night and it sounded just like a little a nightmare. scream, a nightmare. And I go, oh, this poor dog, he's having a nightmare. It happened once a year, so it wasn't something I really thought much more of. Then as we were getting into, what would you say, like 2017, 18? Yeah. It kind of happened, like it, it was longer and I go, wait a minute, this can't be right, you know, and it was a little more frequent. So eventually we realized that they were seizures and he had epilepsy and we went to the vet and they tried him on phenobarbital, which was a really strong drug and it did not go well with him. He got really sick. Do you remember that? Yeah. Every single, like every 10 minutes he needed to go outside on the balcony to do his business because like he just could not hold it. And so we go, this is not a great reaction. So I started doing a ton of research and I saw CBD oil and I go, you know what? At this point, let's give it a try because with the phenobarbital and the other stronger drugs, you had to go in every few months for blood, blood work. work and, and there are just a lot of things that can happen. And I was like, for this specific situation for us, I was like, let's try the CBD oil. And so we did, and that just completely has changed his seizures. Like he goes such long periods without having them. If he does have one in the middle of the night, it's like very mild, very small. So 
you know, it's it's been a journey, but I remember when he first started getting them, I, it scared me. It terrified me, you yeah. know? It's the first time, like, I had this little dog that was, you know, my responsibility. I was like, what do I do with this? And I used to get so scared when it would happen. And then it's just funny with life, you eventually get used to things and it's the new normal and you figure it out and, you know, you come up with a plan. And now when he has it, I'm like, oh, poor babe, you know? But yeah. it's just, we, we've gone through it for so many years. So... Other than that, I mean, he has this little thyroid issue, which we discovered. Which but that's helped, too, I think, with everything of getting him on the pills. and. Yes. So he has a, a spoiled life, and I hope he knows how grateful <laughs> he, he should be here. But he does. He loves us, and even though sometimes he doesn't show it, I like looking on the Nest Cam when I leave, and he misses me, and he comes home, and he cries for us, and it's it's really sweet. So we love him. We're glad that he's been on this journey with us, and, and we want to keep it going strong. And he's given us so much. I mean, yeah. he's been a major constant in our lives all of these years, and you don't realize when you go through the great moments, the tragic moments, everything, he's always there, and he just always loves you unconditionally. Anyone who has a pet can kind of attest to that. So, you know, sometimes, like, if there are any times I'm ever, like, frustrated or I'm trying to get out on time, and I just look at him and I go, he's, he's just happy the yeah. most when he's with us. Yeah. When he's getting food, when he's getting love, when he's getting his walks. So if you have a pet, give him some snuggles, give him some love, because they're just the best friends in the whole wide world. And I love our little guy so much. And we got him, I hope it gets here on time, but from Amazon, I got him a little party hat and a little party bandana and uh, this cute little blue bow tie. And I got him some dog T-R-E-A-Ts for his birthday. So he's going to be spoiled gonna even be more. Spoiled. Hey, you know, their lives are not as long as ours, so got to spoil them. But anyways, happy birthday, Benj. We love him. He has just been the greatest guy, pal, love, son, all of the above. And he's been he's been the third, uh, you know, co-host of this podcast. <laughs> he's been on the journey. Benji's got a lot of um, fans out there in the world. He does. And Benji was also the only guest in attendance at our wedding. Exactly. Tucks and all. So Tucks and all. That's our ride or die, baby. But tell me, baby, I am dying to hear about the great resignation. So this article is from <laughs> Refinery29 uh, by Wheezy Kim or Wizzy Kim. Okay. Um, and I just want to kind of read off this article because um, this person and also quotes a lot of other people. And I think it can be like a great conversation. But I think if you're... If you're in your downtown area, no matter where you live, I think you're probably seeing we're hiring signs everywhere. And there's a lot of discussion around the great resignation, which is everyone's turning in their two weeks notice. They're mm -hmm. quitting their jobs. Um, some people are, are saying that they're able to do that because of stimulus and unemployment, but then unemployment has ended and people still aren't going back. Jobs are offering signing bonuses, hiring mm -hmm. wages, but people are kind of fed up with the system that's been around for so many decades. And uh, I just think it's a great conversation, especially for people who love their jobs, people who are indifferent or people who hate their jobs. So there's just a lot of conversation here that yeah. I'm really interested in because I don't think this is just a blip. I think we're going through a transformation. I think we're going from the industrial age to the techno technology age. And I think with AI and jobs being replaced, I think a lot of focus in the next decade is going to be switching how us humans feel about work. And it's not just going to be like how our parents grew up. And mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of this butting head conversations coming from is that the Gen Zers and millennials are considered lazy, where the older generations are just like, I walked barefoot and I worked 90 hours a week. Yeah. And like, this is what it is. Yeah. 
And I think that times have just changed and we've evolved so much that we're actually able, we're privileged enough in this generation with technology that maybe this generation and beyond can actually focus a little more on their work being something they love right. that fulfills them emotionally and spiritually rather than having to punch that clock for a hard-earned time for money exchange. Yep. And there's a lot of conversation about this and I'm just really interested because it's affecting our entire world. Of here in the United States, I don't know about worldwide, but here's here let's let's hop into this and I'm going to get your take on a bunch of these paragraphs as well. Okay. Um in the story of our lives, we might be the main character, but work is the dominating theme, our constant motivation. It's the central thing we do as adults, the primary focus of our mental function for most hours of the day, most days of the weeks. week. The type of jobs we have influence who we know, where we live, and how much society respects us. Being jobless then isn't only difficult because of the financial instability, it also, it, it's also a kind of social death, which is why most of us are terrified of losing our livelihoods. Hmm. Let me go one more paragraph and begin. So the so-called great resignation has been making headline after headline for months now as many people have been quitting their jobs in droves. There are, were predictions when the federal pandemic benefits expired after Labor Day that industries facing a job labor shortage would find an influx of job seekers. And yet snatching away benefits hasn't worked that way. So, so far there hasn't been a dramatic increase in applicants. It's not just a perplexing economic problem. People rejecting available job runs counter to what we've been taught since childhood. That work isn't just how we live our lives, it's why we live our lives. Hmm. So I think there's a couple things here that are really interesting is th these, are on, these are things that we never sit around and think about. That our, is our purpose to find a job and work a job and then retire. I mean, that has literally been ingrained into us from generations, stories, society. We're pressured at 14 years old. What college? What job? What do you want to do? Work Monday through Friday. Get that retirement. Sit in the recliner. Sit on the beach. Go fishing. And we never really think, like, is there more to life than just being able to work your job? And how funny that people, when they meet you, where are you from? What do you do for a living? Because it defines a lot. Yeah, yes. And so what are. do you feel about that? Do you think that it does define you? Should it define you? Like, how have you felt working jobs? How do you all feel about that? Do you feel your work defines you? Is it a big part of you? Um, what, what's your thoughts on that? That's very interesting because I feel like a long, long time ago, this all happened because, and this is obviously still today, they want individuals to contribute to society. It's like, how are you going to show up and be your best self and contribute yeah. to society? It's a very big thing for all of us to come together. You need doctors, you need teachers, you need, you know, just every sort of job you can imagine. I think ultimately a long, long time ago, that's where that started, Yeah, which makes total sense. But on the same note, um, with a lot of jobs, especially if you have to go to college or study or go to a special school, if you're learning whatever it might be, that's going to really influence who you are as a person. You loving acting and pursuing that, you know, avenue, you not only left your hometown of Ohio, you left friends and family, you went and pursued something in California, which is a great point of what, 
you said here, you know, your job influences where you live. And that's like yeah. a huge game changer. But then you moved to California. That's where you met your wife, which changed the trajectory of your life. And I feel like with all of these different jobs that people get throughout life, or maybe there's only one that you have, it definitely defines who you are. It is a big part of your expertise. I mean, no matter the job, you have to learn something, some sort of skill to be able to do that job. Yeah. I don't care what the job is, there's something you're good at. You know, if you're picking up the phones, you're getting really good at greeting people and right, asking the right questions and connecting them. I mean, there's just always some sort of skill. And so when you're doing that job every single day, that is going to deeply and greatly influence your experience every day the people that you're connecting with, the people you're working with, maybe people who are clients, or if you're you know, a dentist and all your patients, that's gonna affect your energy for the day, your conversations, which in turn, that is your world, that is what describes a little piece of who you are. One of my favorite things, there is this um, doctor duo that I follow on Instagram, and I wish I remembered their names, but when the pandemic first hit, they would do all of these videos of obviously they were working and making sure that they were working very hard in the ER, but they would take time during the middle of the day to stop and go down and there was a big piano there and one of them would play. I mean, he was so skilled and the other one would sing and they were the most phenomenal duo and they've gotten very famous because they're these incredible doctors, but they also have these massive talents that are you know in the arts. So I think just defining yourself by your job, there's so much more to a person. Yes. Do you agree with that? Having a hobby, yep. how you treat people, yep. your relationships. Yep. But it's, I, maybe it's just easier for people to ask what you do because I think maybe that hmm. is socially acceptable. Because if I met you and say, hi, what's your name? Oh, hi, Jamie, it's nice to meet you. So what's your relationship like with your father? personal <laughs> you know what too. I mean so maybe it's like, like what are your hobbies and what do you do for work is kind of a polite way to get to know someone um but we are we have been wrapped up a lot in what we what do, do for do? a living and and I still think that's changing slightly but I think that it's just been such a rigid market that maybe it's what we needed we didn't grow up in the 20s and 30s to see what needed to be done right. but i think that we need to respect what needed to be done the sacrifices that people made to build this country mm -hmm. through this hard work through the manual labor before the industrial revolution before the technological advances like yeah. the jobs that people did yeah. with their bare hands to build this place but also not have resentment towards millennials or gen zers who can make 3200 a month by painting pictures and putting it on Instagram or being able like even with your mom like doing mandalas like yeah. if she lived in a small town she'd have to have a, a table outside her garage right but now she has access to the internet where she can like package and ship them so I think there's other ways that we don't only have to attach work anymore to just finances we can attach it to emotional and spiritual fulfillment as well as financial Definitely agree with that. And I feel like mostly probably from our generation, it is not uncommon for someone to have a couple different things that they do for yeah. work. You know, maybe they have something that pays the bills, but then their side hustle is selling their paintings or creating content or whatever it might be, just something that fulfills them in that sense of, ooh, I need my blog. I need to talk to my community and share with whatever it's going to be. I feel like millennials, we really are just kind of like, hey, we're down to try it all. Like, we're not afraid to just be in one Gig box. works. Yeah. Gig workers. Yes. 
Like, I feel like my parents, like their generation in their 60s, there's a lot of people who do gig work. Yeah. But I feel like it's more widely accepted in millennials. Like, I feel like back in the day, it's like you need to find a good company and grow with it. Where now it's kind of like, I'll work for this company for three months, then I'll do graphic design here, then I'll invest like in real, like there's a lot more opportunity, but I think we have more access to education. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more things you can do today. So I think it's just a battle, like not a battle, but like a discussion amongst the generations. Um, but on that is. same note, I feel like back maybe in our parents' um, generation, when they were growing up and figuring out what they wanted to do for work, when you were with a company, there was longevity with that company. That is just how things were run. Where nowadays, nothing is for sure. If you're signing on to work with a company, whether it's a marketing, finance, whatever, you just, I feel like things are less secure because things can change so much. Maybe because technology or whatever in the world is happening. I mean, we've seen for, yeah, what did I say? Oh yeah. That's the reason. 100%. And then obviously we all just saw what happened too with the pandemic. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen. And so I don't really think anything in this world is for sure. And that's why you always have to be evolving. You always have to be ready to pivot if you have to. We're not afraid to start over and learn from the bottom. Um, I just think life was very different back in the day where you bought a house at 22 because it wasn't a crazy finance to do. Well, yeah, I remember there was but a gentle, there was a space. gentleman who who worked um, in the crew for Days of Our Lives, and I overheard his conversation one day in the '80s. He bought a home for two hundred and seventy-three thousand in LA. <laughs> so, if you in any other part of the world or in the United States, if it was Ohio, I'm sure that was equivalent to thirty thousand. But his house today is worth one point seven million dollars. <laughs> so that's his retirement in that as well but yeah back in the day there there was a joke and a meme about if you watch like 1990s movies or even horror films or anything it's always like the leads are 22 and 23 they've got a three-year-old and they have this big house (laughs) and it's like kids nowadays who are 22 because now that we know the mortgage process it's insane like it is so difficult and it's also leading to less children it's mm-hmm. leading to higher stress because there's a lack of stability. Yeah. Like even the millennials that are working in a typical, let's say what, what an older generation, a boomer generation, if you will, would deem to be the right path, working in a corporate America job, making $85,000 a year, but with rent, with a student loan payment, with two credit cards and a vehicle, they still can't even afford a mortgage for a $200,000 home. And if you're in any state other than maybe the few of the lowest uh, priced home states, mm-hmm. like even in Florida, oof, you can barely get into a condo for 200 now. And there's gonna be HOAs that are gonna put you, so it's like much harder. Maybe, yeah. So I think that's also forcing the change in the job market. Yeah, it's real interesting too, because even thinking of LA, there really are three types of people who live there. There's someone who's massively successful who can purchase a home, it'll mil- million plus, because even a million in LA doesn't get you that much. It's just, no, it's get not you good. four walls. Yeah, like not great. It, the second person is someone who, you know, maybe was uh, passed down a house that or a great purchase back in the 80s, your exact story. And the third person is someone who has to rent. Because so it's, so basically it's investors who are renting. Exactly. So you're either an investor, yep. you're a doctor, entertainer, producer, multimillionaire yep. type person, yep. business owner, or you are, um, or you were yeah gifted, gifted it, or or you so, bought it early. 
Exactly. Yeah. So the average person, I mean, even us, and we were working very, very hard. You had a great job for 10 years, but... I mean, we couldn't even afford yeah, a house. It was crazy. And then also, poor planning, too, but poor planning. We won't go into that. But the same note, you also, too, every year were like, well, is my contract going to be renewed? So what if we would have gotten a house? How do we come up with 4500 a month if I'm fired for just the mortgage? Exactly. On a $600,000 one-bed, one-bath condo. And that was a discussion where I was like, what would we do? Yeah. Because I mean, you also have your other bills. So it's like without days, how do you, after taxes, have 8000 a month? Yep. It's, I mean, that's insane. So that was one of the ideas of like, why we always rented. I love the idea of like, you know, I can dip. Yeah. If we need to do anything. And then that crosses, um, another conversation that we would be like, well, what if you commuted? And then that's what a lot of people do. They move a bit outside, but then with the LA traffic, it's just a hot mess. So it's just interesting to look at every single aspect because some, a place like LA, there's a lot of opportunity for jobs. Yeah. So it's just a very interesting, you know, lot of oppor- lot of opportunity everywhere. But to but to put a, a pin in, in this one and move on to the next uh, paragraph here, what you said earlier about people are not committing to a forty year company anymore, and I think it's because of technology. And I think mm-hmm. the the takeaway of this, if we were going to give, I'm going to give some advice that's not asked, but just like <laughs> I'm really fascinated with this stuff, so I kind of read a lot about it. Yeah. And uh, if anyone's interested. I think if, if you're someone who is, is maybe starting in a new company or you have you know kids or you have friends or wh- wherever, I think starting to encourage people to be comfortable with pivoting and to learning new skills because I think we can't even fathom what 10 years is gonna bring with technological advances, especially with AI and robots. I think that fast food restaurants are gonna be two or three people only. They're already doing that now, Ashtabula. Yeah. My McDonald's in my hometown, they don't, it's not open anymore, just the drive through. They got probably four really? people working there. And they've got, you know, if there's other restaurants that have kiosks inside, even in restaurants like Olive Garden, you order your apps and drinks there. Yeah. Give it 10 years. They already have burger flipping robots. They already got, and they, you never have to pay them. They never are going to complain. They're huh. never going to quit. They're never going to need a break. And they're going to help so much. You're but, just going to have to repair them and invest. So there'll they be so there'll be people that will be hired for probably thirty, forty an hour to repair the, the robots. Robot. But yeah. that's going to still be beneficial for the company. But without people working at McDonald's, as an example, it's forcing these billion-dollar companies who have the resources mm-hmm. to go look. We're offering you 20 bucks an hour. You still don't want to come. We're just going to invest in these robots, which are go- we were going to do in 2030, but let's do it by 2025 so that we can focus on people ordering through an app, coming to the window, maybe having just two humans there. Yeah. But pay the humans. That's the yeah. thing. Like, like if, you, if you have two people working at McDonald's with robot cooking and you have people ordering on an app, pay the people, the human beings, like 30 an hour to like manage it and to make sure things are going well because you're cutting out all the other pay yeah. but give those jobs like so much extra oomph like 30 bucks an hour and now you have a shot for a home now yeah. you have a shot so that gets into the whole minimum wage debate which i think is separate from what i'm saying because you have to take into consideration that jobs are going away and you need less people so hopefully if there's less people those less people can be paid more right and if those people are paid more they're less stressed 
They're able to start their own businesses on the side, hire more people. They're able to invest in the stock market, invest in their homes, mm -hmm. because $10 an hour is rough. That's yeah. hard. That is so hard. And so, and even if you look at days, um, I, this went through my head a few times of like, there's 40 regulars, 40 serious regulars, serious regulars on the, on the show. And I was thinking to myself, everybody's making a ton of money. Like this is, if you add up what you pay 40 people a year, it was like millions of dollars. And I was thinking I wouldn't want to be one of them, but then I don't want any of my friends or my colleagues to lose their jobs. But in my mind, it went through my head of like 40 people's a lot. What if you just took 20 people and said, hey, we're sorry, we're going to just stick to these 20 and you doubled our income. So instead of me working three days a week, I'm working Monday through Friday, but I'm making double. Yeah, but income. what would that do for the show looking from their point of view? Just because you guys are getting double, they don't care. Well, because we're working more, we have more storylines. But it's, I'm just saying it's going to go into this next thing okay, as well, which okay. our conditions were great. So I'm not saying that, but I'm just, this just things I think about. The box, yeah, yeah, that if you, you. if you do, if you do close the lobby in McDonald's, you don't need to clean the bathrooms. You don't need to have people take orders. You don't need people to be in the lobby. So you're able to not have as many workers. So why not pay the people who are there more money? Right. Instead of having eight, you have three, just give those three what you were going to pay the eight. Right. It's because you're, you're doing the right thing for these people right. who are giving their their best asset time to your company. So this brings me to this point here. It's the sign of the times and of how fed up people are with the conditions of work that people are now rejecting this worldview and doing so to such a degree that it's become a movement, the great resignation, the movement. If the movement has a motto, it would be the word that's been on everyone's lips for, the, for over the past 18 months, burnout. According to the insider survey of over a thousand American workers, 61% said they were currently at least or at least somewhat burned out. And indeed, the report from, report from March found that the majority of the respondents said their burnout had worsened during the pandemic with 52% overall saying they were currently burned out. Mm -hmm. But burnout isn't just fatigue, it's far more compu complicated. For a long time, burnout was a word most commonly used in the medical industry. In 2014, Dr. Richard Gunderman wrote the article in The Atlantic in which he argued that the reason medical students seem to suffer higher rates of burnout compared to other college students isn't because of the work in its intrinsically more, that it's more intrinsically more difficult, but rather because of the way they were being taught as often soul-crushing. Hmm. It was an educational environment, he claimed, that did little to nurture compassion. Ironic, considering these were training to these people were training to care for the well-beings of others. Gunderman con, uh, contends that burnout is not then necessarily caused by stress and overwork, but the sum total of hundreds of thousands of tiny betrayals of purpose, each one so minute each one so minute that it hardly attracts notice. So that's interesting. So there's a lot of people who are also quitting, not because maybe they're seeking something they want more, maybe they loved it, but they were tired of the working conditions and the lack of compassion, the lack of going to work, being fearful that we're gonna replace you if you don't do what I want, then how are you gonna pay your bills? Oh, that's right, we've got gotcha. you. You can't go anywhere. Well, you know what's funny about that? Anytime I think about jobs I've quit in my past, 
it was always working conditions. And a few of them, I would quit and then they would call back with a better offer and I'd go back because I had tried to kind of see the job market. I was like, well, they are flexible even though the working conditions are great. Yeah. But I, I kind of did that, that game for many years. So hearing something like that is interesting, especially in the medical field because you always hear bedside manner, bedside manner. And even during our experience with all the surgeries and doctor visits, there are a lot of doctors we went to that were like, we just went through a lot. How is your bedside manner not just a little bit better? But you hear an article like that where that just they weren't really taught that. And there's so much more that I feel doctors have to focus on and know and not to make any excuses for anyone. But it just I, I think it takes a very specific person to a want to do that and to be able to do that. But you would think that compassion would be, you know, something that they might lean into a little well, bit more. It's because you're you're building a business. You know, it's the same thing of, of what we've realized is acquiring an audience member uh, who continues to show up or acquiring a customer is what business is all about. People think it's coming up with a good idea, sure, but you have to acquire customers and acquire, acquire audience members. And when I walk into a place like a veterinarian's office or a doctor's office or an accountant's office or somewhere where they're acquiring clients and they don't treat you with respect, I go, what are you missing? Yeah. Do you just have people knocking on your door 24-7 that you don't care to keep us happy? Like we've experienced that's the hardest thing in a business is to acquire customers and keep them. So it's, it's just, you know, but I think the supply and demand has changed. When I was an actor up and coming and I was trying to get a serving job, you had to know someone because it was the most difficult job. Mm -hmm. So when I worked as a host at, at Outback, we would have applications this thick under our thing of people coming in that wanted to work. So maybe bosses were just like, look, I don't have time for your BS. I'm not going to give you energy. If you show up late, I'll fire you and pull the next application. These people are dying to work. Mm -hmm. But now it's switched. So now people are saying, I don't care. Like you can show up late. Just please come to work because mm -hmm. I don't want to shut down my business. Mm -hmm. So it's now it's overcorrecting. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to swing back to the middle where the bosses and employees can now come together and say, look, I'm going to be your boss. I have the responsibility, but I'm going to treat you with a little bit more respect. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you need a day off, I'm not going to penalize you. I'm not going to be your, your owner. I'm just going to be a friend who's in a higher position and we're going to respect each other and we're going to work together to, to achieve this common goal. That's what Gary Vee does, though. He allows his employees to take off as much vacation time as they need. And then he's like, well, at the end of the year, if you're asking for a raise and you took all that vacation time, you know. Just know it, it'll, yes, it'll be it'll considered in a raise, but I'm not going to fire you or right. I'm not going to treat you poorly if you need, mental if health you days, need some days yeah. off. So that's an interesting part about working conditions. I've been very blessed to have good working conditions. Out back, I had a, a boss that was a little like weird, not abusive, but just made the experience not that fun. But when he wasn't at work, I would pick up shifts because it was such a cool job. Like serving so dope. I loved it. It was easy. It was fun. You got to work out. You made cash money. You love making that cash so, money, baby. Um, but I think the working conditions. So I think in the future too, it's leaning towards building companies that allow people to be excited to go into work, to, to feel like you're not just a number, to feel like people care about you. Yeah. Like taking that extra second to say, hey, good job today. 
And not not the whole like, hey, good job. Or like, you know, I say, hey, what's going on, Bill? How you doing? Like you're saying how you're doing to be polite, not that you're really asking. And a lot of people would say at work, hey, good job today. But it wasn't like, hey, come here real quick. That was a great scene. How you th- made that choice? Like that was really good. I'm just so happy and grateful that right. you're part of the team. Like how cool would that be to get, not just a, hey, good job. I'm busy. I have a lot of things going on. But like take the time care. you know really really care and take the time and like i said i'm not i'm not talking any any crap here i i had a wonderful experience i had a great working environment um but it was also just very black and white just like you do a good job we do a good job we're all in this together but there wasn't any individual like compact like i felt like right. i never got like hey i know it's been like a few months since i told you but you're killing it out there right. glad to have right. you I'm so grateful that you're part of this team right. anything you need any questions you have right. like that every now and then would have made me feel a little bit more like like wow like not only am i doing the work that i'm supposed to do but i'm doing it at such a high level and like i'm being you know thanked for it or maybe other people were and i wasn't maybe i wasn't maybe i wasn't loved <laughs> you know it's funny because i remember when my dad left his branch in new jersey and coming down to florida i saw on linkedin a lot of people were leaving messages for him saying, we're so sad to lose you here in, in um, oh, yeah. New Jersey. We're going to miss you. And, and people would really just say all these things about what a great boss he was and how he you know, led with his heart and was compassionate because my dad really does have that within yeah. him. And I know he makes people feel good, but obviously not afraid to let people know when they're not doing their job. But I've always watched him throughout my life. I mean, he's just such a great example of how you should treat your employees yeah you know going that extra mile and it's funny too because when you think about something like google they're really trying to make working conditions for their employees incredible and they even give um like paternity leave for the fathers so it's just intriguing i feel to see all these newer age companies kind of evolving with the times because millennials were different we have yeah. different, you know, values and ideals, and it's just because we're a different generation. And I can yeah. speak on that because I am a millennial. So I'm going to be very interested to see this next generation behind us. What's going to happen? And you know, it's just different times. Everyone's growing during a different time, and we are the only generation that had no internet and internet at scale. Yeah, at scale. So social media. Hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, it'll, it'll be really good. So I'm really hoping that they, people can come together and we can start all building something together. Um, and it'll, it'll make people really feel like excited to go to work in the yeah. morning. And I think that's that's what's important is, is like, you're not going to feel it every day, but at least more times than not. Right. That you're like, oh, I'm going to work. And maybe we should start being judged on the productivity rather than just the time that you're there. Like, if someone can do a job in two hours, but you're gonna you want them there for eight hours, some people are stretching it out to eight hours because right. it's like, and it's like, why not get paid for the eight hours if you can do a hmm. better job and in two hours and then go home and be with your family? Right. Like I think productivity is what matters. If I hire someone to edit a video and they say it's gonna be five hundred bucks, well, if they can get it done in two hours or it takes them two weeks, I'm giving you five hundred bucks. I I'm a, I love the new the, the product you're sending me. So, but if you can do it in two hours, good for you. But that's the difference of being paid by on salary or by the hour. Because I remember I had a job where it was by the hour, and if I was done with work, I'd leave, but then I wouldn't get paid for it. 
Yeah. So if you are on salary, but I'm just saying other ways of being productive. It's like if you want to stay one day at home and work from home if you can, or they're allowing that what, a lot more now. Though. Yeah. Just a, sure. just out of the grind. Just letting people have a little more freedom is what as what I think is great. Creating a work environment that feels free, mm-hmm. or allowing people to take a day off to work from home. Maybe do a four day work week, which I think they talk about in here, which I'm really interested in. But just allowing people to have a little more free time because a two day weekend these days. And here's another thing, which might come up later, but I want to talk about it now. Is I still think back in the day, you would wake up, you would go to work, you would come home at five, and everything was shut down. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing else you could do. But now people are working from home. They're doing their work at home. Teachers grade papers at home. Like it feels like you're always working. So to have a three-day weekend, I think would be very interesting as well. Also too, I would love, love, love to hear from y'all. If you guys are watching on a platform that allows you to comment, let us know what industry are you in? How do you feel, you know, your working environment is? Because I love to gather all that information and hear from you see kind of what's going on all around the world, essentially. Yeah, like how people are doing it. And I think he makes a great point in that article we just said about the soul-sucking um, or, or soul-crushing um, way of, of, of certain things being taught. And I, and I think a lot of this boils down to the legal portion of it. And that's what we've realized with even with the real estate and many other courses that you take is that a lot of these places like public education or private education – has to do things a certain way because of legal obligations and that's mm-hmm. why it's almost so hard to change right because it's like oh i'm sorry that you have to sit here and be bored for eight hours but this is important to know which medicines you can and can't use but yet again i think human beings are more creative than we give people credit for and i think if you gave teachers and educators the ability to be creative I bet you you could come up with a way more interesting, immersive way to learn about medicine or surgery, or let's even get away from doctors because that's such a, you know, but like any other industry or in school, I think I didn't like school because I was bored to death. I had no idea of like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of my 25 year old self when I'm in, no, I was just thinking about the baseball game I had later or the date that I had, or I wanted to go home because my mom was cooking tacos. Like I didn't, or my friends was, we were going to all go tell fart jokes together or we're going to go paintballing. Like I didn't care because you're bored to death of just hearing the same thing that every year the teacher's saying the same thing. Like if there's a way to allow the teachers and educators to be creative, to be fun and not be so rigid that the only thing that matters is what grade you get. No, Mm -hmm. the thing that matters in life and in, 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 in school is the process you have to find a way for kids and employees and students to enjoy the process, not the end result of the A. doesn't matter what you do. Got to get the A. doesn't matter. Got to have the house. No. What is the process in getting the home? What is the process of achieving the A? We're losing the whole, po- that's the whole point of life. You don't work 40 years and then go, well, now I got my house and I'm retired. It's like, great. Yeah. What about the process for 40 years? Did you enjoy that while achieving these different goals? So I always say, you know, enjoy the journey. Well, we want to enjoy the journey, baby. This is a great one. And we've got some uh, background noise. Hopefully people Sorry. can't hear it. Um, this is why burnout hits when work fails to live up to your expectations of it. Many of us were raised on the mantra, it's not work if you love what you do. 
And so we want to believe that our jobs can not only provide financial stability, but also emotional and spiritual nourishment, where I got this earlier. Mm. Not all work is, is a calling, but the journey towards finding the right job can be likened to a pilgrimage in a time of increasing secularism, working re work remains our steadfast religion. So this is a great, great place too. Um, what's your take on if it's it's not work? You, you'll never you'll never work another day in your life if you love what you do. What have you found in your life about that? Does that ring true? Well, I definitely believe if you genuinely enjoy something, it make it fulfills your life more. Um, you know, not every day is perfect. You're going to wake up some days and you're not going to want to do anything. That's just how it, life rolls. You know, different instances come up and you just might not be in the mood. However, I personally feel if you do enjoy your work, it's going to give you, like I said, more fulfillment because when I think back to the days that I just really, really did not enjoy my job, I would wake up every day and I would just get, I would just like dread the drive to work. Then I would dread parking. Then I would dread going inside and then I would dread putting on the fake smile. You know what I mean? There was just so much dread because I just really did not like what I was doing. And granted, there were a lot of conditions, work conditions that, you know, um, added to that. But I do think if there is something that you love doing and you're able and lucky enough to do it in life, it's going to be an overall greater experience for you from the day to day of building something and completing something and having that end goal. Whereas, you know, if you don't really love it as much, you might not, it's just not going to make your, your day to day as enjoyable. Now, not to say that it's not going to be work because I feel like as I've gotten older, even though there are certain things that I do love doing, sometimes, you know, like I mentioned, you might not be in the mood or you, you might have something else that is just a little more important at that time, personal, business, whatever it's going to be. So I definitely do agree that it's going to make your day-to-day -day just way more enjoyable. But it's a fantasy to think that there's something that you're just going to be... Christmas morning every day because day. Yeah, that's life life isn't yeah. perfect you're gonna have other outside you know sources that are out of your control that are gonna affect your day-to-day -day. so yeah you can love your job and that's a great thing um, I definitely feel like from our experience ever since I was able to work from home that changed my life in my mindset and my happiness. working for yourself working for myself that's what I mean so Definitely. I mean, but then that comes with its whole different set of... It's a little lonely. Yeah, just a lot of different things that arise, but you get used to it and it's a grind and you make it happen, but you just have to know yourself and know what's right for you. Because even with you acting, you know, I'm sure there were days when you would go to set where maybe you just weren't in the mood that day, you know? I had, I will say, I don't think I ever had a bad day. Mm -hmm. Like in nine years, yeah. I never had a bad day. But I would say 80% of it was like, like when I was there, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But I wasn't like, oh, no, hope I, I hope I get a green light. Can't wait to get there a minute early. Like there was like right. maybe 20% of the time that I was that excited. But most of the time you're just, you're getting up, you're a little groggy and you're kind of like, yeah, I'm not like looking forward, but I'm not, not looking yeah. forward. I'm just yeah. kind of existing and I get to work. And once I'm there and you're talking to people and you're doing a good job, like, oh, it turns fun. into like yeah. a great day. But yeah, I think most of the time, 80%, it's just kind of like, 
you're just like enjoying yeah. it. And then every now and then you have a great day where you're like, wow, this <laughs> yeah, is worth it. Like this is worth all. And yeah, just so excited. And that's a job that's that I really love. You a know, dream job for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. and it was a dream job. I mean, that was the thing. It's like, but my whole point to it is that even though I loved it, you're, I still wasn't like, oh. Can't wait for the alarm to go. Here I go. Let's shave. Let's go. Here's my question, though. If you're doing a movie and say... No. It's all fantasy. As much as I think so jumping you, if, on a if, car, if, if, no, listen, doing a fight you sequence. We're going to sleep tonight, and tomorrow you woke up, and you knew that you had a scene in Orlando with Mark Wahlberg, and you yes. guys were... Would you be excited for that? Would you well, hope you would get the green lights? <laughs> but that's but that's unfair. I'm coming, Mark. <laughs> but that's unfair because that's that's considered new. If me and wow. Mark worked on a show for six years together, and there you would just get used to it. Like the idea of meeting Mark Wahlberg, doing something new. You have those two exciting factors that are leading into it. But if me and Mark just did it, it's like how we rented our Airbnb. The first month we were like, this is the craziest thing, and by like the sixth month it. you're just used to it. So it's like everything. I think, but it's the constant of trying to, but I get your point. But it just that's depends. why I feel a lot of actors, well, it's different because I feel like a lot of actors do enjoy TV because they know that's a constant. That's a great thing to get on a hit show that can run if it ever went to syndication. I mean, that's a dream. But a lot of established actors love movies such as a Mark Wahlberg because each movie is different. There's different crew, different actors, different well, that's Everything. what drew me to it. Yeah. My initial thought was like, oh, I'm only going to work six weeks out of six months out of the year, go to different yep. places, meet different people. But then you're also, yeah, you're excited, but then there's also no routine. And sometimes routine is great. And that's what days yep. accomplished for me was the routine of knowing you're not showing up like anxious to meet new people. No. You're just like, you know, everyone you're comfortable. So there's also something great in the comfort. There's just pros and cons to, to all everything. of it. But yeah, it's, it's picking it up. But for anybody who is like stressed out, this is all over social media of like, find your passion and do all this. And I think, yes, you should find your passion, but it also shouldn't make you feel like depressed at work if you're not liking it. Like if you happen to be going to work and you love it, you're just like, that is amazing. That's the best thing you can yeah. do. But another thing that really helps is if you hate your job, that's what got me through even things like Outback. I didn't hate it or American Eagle. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it, but I wanted out of it. But the idea that I was auditioning on the side gave me hope. Hmm. The idea even working on days, it gave me hope that we were working on different projects seven years out of my nine that would give me something else. I think you get in trouble if you don't like your job, but you're not actively looking outside your job to do something else to help you financially or to give you a safe place to be because living paycheck to paycheck is very stressful. And then you even become more confined to that job. You can't quit because right. how are you going to pay your rent? So it's like if someone hates their job, put a smile on, but put a plan together so that when you're not working, maybe sacrifice a year of your weekends to learn a skill so you can save up 30 grand. So if you do lose your job or want to quit, you got five to 10 months right. to go find something. So I think if you hate your job, don't like go in with a smile, learn from it, build character, but know you have an exit strategy. Because I think what's really hurting people is when they go, this is my life. I went to college. I have this job. I hate it. 
and they're looking, I have to do this for 30 more years, you're going to be depressed about that. So it's like be open, especially with technology these days on YouTube and all these different websites. Learn a skill. Set yourself up with a little finance in the background if that's what you're worried about. Or you make good money, but maybe find a hobby that can fulfill you so that when people say, what do you do for work? You could say, oh, I do this, which is great, but my hobby of fishing, let me tell you all about fish. And you can have a little more excitement there. So I think it's just blending where we're not just waking up anymore walking barefoot up a hill in the snow to go work and then come back to provide for the family. I think times are changing. I think we need to embrace that we do need to focus on emotional and spiritual aspects of our life as technology is going to come in and just demolish 10 million jobs in the next 10 years. But I do think if you are able to find a job in an industry that piques your interest, that you love, because I even look at myself and I... I'm so passionate about selling real estate. I love everything about it. And I, I think to myself, well, if I were out there selling toasters or, or something just super random, my experience would not be the same. I love the experience of the actual real estate transaction and meeting the different buyers and different sellers and communicating with them and being on that journey with them. That is something I love so much. So it's just interesting looking at every single angle whether that's you loving your job or maybe you know you having a job that you don't mind and you like, but finding another passion behind that to have mixed together. A yeah. hobby, whatever it is, just something that, that you enjoy. Make sure you make that time for yourself when you do it. And also too, here, here's something that we've learned that we can kind of give advice to, again, maybe for yourself or for somebody else. Um, the idea of working and being able to just take off three weeks at a time and you maybe envision like, wouldn't it be great not to work and just go sit on a beach and sit margaritas? Being an actor and being self-employed in the work that Alyssa and I have done, we have actually lived that in small portions where we have been able to go somewhere for two weeks or we've been able to kind of just do what we want for two weeks. And I'll tell you, it's kind of a fantasy for somebody who's grinding, who's dead tired, who's behind on bills. And they're just like, man, I just really want two weeks to go do what I want. How great would it be to retire at 40 and do nothing? But the thing that's going to keep you most fulfilled, and we learned this, is that you're going to get used to sitting on that beach for two weeks. You're going to get bored. And the thing that makes you most happy is when you're being productive. Um, but I, I think the, the whole, what, what we've learned about it is that um, I think if employers give people a little more freedom individuals will experience what we've experienced where they will go take two weeks off because they want a vacation. But then they're going to realize, I don't want to, like after a few times of doing that, you're like, well, maybe I don't need two weeks anymore. I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Like you you start to want to be productive and start wanting to be creative and find new things. So it's also just kind of an interesting take. But that's why you have to unplug and recharge because then you're ready to freaking go. Yeah. Anytime I feel burned out, I go, okay, that's it. I'm unplugging. That's it. I got to recharge. And then you come back stronger than you were before. So, and honestly, and then to wrap this up, I'm going to skip ahead because I know we've been going pretty long. Um, the, um, as of right now, it, the great resignation, you know, yet again, a small percentage, even though larger than most, um, most other times where people are actually leaving, it's kind of, it remains a pleasant fantasy because it's not a plausible reality for people to quit work because most Americans live paycheck to paycheck and you know people have to work. But I think this is a moment in time with the pandemic, with the unemployment, with the stimulus that people for the first time in years 
got to sit at home, have time to do their work from home, but to sit around and think of what makes them happy and what mm-hmm. fulfills them. Yep. So I, I think that there's going to be tug of war of like work, 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 and then I just want to do nothing. But I think it's going to all meet in the middle one yeah. day where people are going to realize they don't want to just sit on the couch and do nothing and collect money from the government, but they also don't want to work 60 hours a week and feel like they can be replaced in a poor work condition or just be overworked and not be that satisfied. I think there's going to be an in-between where individuals, when given the freedom, is going to go, you know what, I'm going to take some days off for myself, but I'm going to be super productive at work because I love the money. I love my goals in real estate. I want to buy a house. I want to pay for my daughter's wedding. I want to do this, but I feel recharged. So I'm going to go get more clients at work. I'm going to go do extra. And I think there's going to be a beautiful thing that's going to happen with AI coming in. Humans and robots are going to be working together. I know this sounds crazy, but like 2030, 2030, you're going to see so much automation. There was a time probably 100 years ago before the Industrial Revolution came that people were like, oh, machines are going to be putting cars <laughs> together and welding. So it's all coming. It's coming very fast. And let's see what the last paragraph here is. Um, after all, part of the recovery from burnout is making a promise to prioritize being joyful in whatever ways that you can. In the old career adage, promise that as long as you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. The new one is simply work is just work. And life is too short and important to be wholly dedicated to it. As Peggy Lee sings, if that's all there is, then let's keep dancing. I want to hear you sing that lyric exactly as she sings it. I don't know who Peggy Lee is. I know, I knew you would. (laughs) So I, I, I get, again, this is what's great about the conversation. My whole goal is to just create something, hopefully that was thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and really being open to listening and understanding. That's what I always do when I hear even these political debates. Cause even though this wasn't political, it still has like shades of it yeah. potentially in there of like, yeah. of like the, the story of people not wanting to work, to wanting to work, to getting a job, to doing gig work, to all of this. I just find it fascinating when there's 50 million people who are dissatisfied or 10 million people who just resign and are like, I'll live with six roommates because I want to focus on painting. There's millions of people saying that. We should listen. That doesn't mean they're lazy. And I also think that if someone wants to work 70 hours a week, great. The whole point is that we have the freedom and we have the ability for people to make a choice and for the pendulum to swing and for things to level out in the middle where it's a beautiful marriage where we can all do what we love. Because at the end of the day, when we're all happy, the world's a better place. And we realize that living in a vacation spot. The people you run into in the grocery store, people are loud, having a good time. Everyone's on vacation. And if we can (laughs) somehow blend work and a little more happiness and freedom, you're gonna see people's energy is gonna be way more happy, way more free, and more is gonna be done, more productive, more advancements, and we're all gonna be able to benefit from those conveniences and the innovations. So I think it's really great. Um, I really want to spend a little more time on this too, like not this podcast, but there's just so many more things that my mind's going so to right areas, now yeah. that um, that I'm really interested in talking about. You did really great. You had no Did I mess stuff. it up? Did no, I just mess it up at the end? you're good. You're good. So, um, but yeah, please comment below. Let us know uh, what you thought about it because I do want to find more articles like this and think of thought-provoking things because this is the world we live in. Mm. Our friends, our family, our children, future generations are all being affected by different things that are happening today. Yeah. Time is moving faster than we could ever imagine because of convenience and technology. Yeah. And money and time has always been the biggest, the, the two things that we live our lives by. And most people who are really wealthy, 
they end up switching where time becomes their most important and money mm. becomes secondary because it becomes less important because they have so much of it. But maybe people even living paycheck to paycheck or who are going through a rough patch can somehow work it in a very unique way where yes, they need that money. You need to go make that money. Believe me, you all know how money motivated I am. I love money. But I also am really focused on how do I value my time, how people treat me with making money. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be a little bit of a balance there that can help you is really value your time and really sit around at night and don't, don't, be, don't get down on yourself. Think about what do you love and what are ways you could potentially bring in a little more money to give you a safety net in case you're like afraid at work of losing your job. That'll alleviate a lot of stress and there's a lot of cool stuff there. So, um, but thank you for listening to the uh, podcast today. Uh, we're gonna go celebrate Benji's Yay! birthday, which is probably just bringing him out for some nice long walks and treats. Um, but we appreciate you all so much. You want to say goodbye, Benji? Say goodbye, but he was napping this whole yeah. time. Yeah, we put boy. you right to sleep with the great resignation. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we will see you next Wednesday. Everyone wishing you a wonderful, wonderful week, and we'll see you next Wednesday.